This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And today, you guys, you're in for a treat. I think after this interview, you are going to feel, no matter how you feel, you're going to feel enlightened. You're going to feel encouraged. My guest today is Segunde Minemya. And that last name is almost, it takes me back to like Tupac. Only God knows. Only God can judge me. It just flips off that. She is an author a speaker, TED Talk speaker at that. She spoke on all type of platforms, news platforms, Voices of America. She has her MBA and she is from Burundi. And so you're gonna get a probably geographical lesson where you're gonna want to go check out where's Burundi if you don't know, especially if you're in America, geography is not always the strong suit. Her website is in the description box. Sukunde, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me. Good morning. Good morning, good, everybody. Yes, good morning. I was listening to your book, um, the evolving book, not the, because the, you have two books um, out there. I have four, actually. Sorry. Four books. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was just <clears throat> like, you know, just taking back the stories. I, I always love to hear these stories of folks who have not just immigrated to one country, but to, you know, a few. And I always want to know like, okay, you're in Canada, which sometimes we say is a happier North America. <laughs> and then to come to America, yes. tell us, tell me about your journey and your, your purpose in your writings and speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, like you said, uh, my name is Sukond Nimenya, and I'm originally from Burundi, which is a small country in East Africa. Uh, I immigrated to North America in the 90s. Uh, I started living in Canada, where I became a refugee, and I lived there for about 10 years or more, and I moved to the United States. And... Um, it's always been, you know, my passion to, to share stories because stories really define us in the way we use them. We can choose to use them as, you know, um, to thrust us on our journeys or we can choose to use them and get down on, on, on ourselves. So I try to use my story, my adversities, uh, to help others, because I know, you know, on this adventure we call life, I'm not the only one who goes through adversity. So my first book was called, is called Evolving Through Adversity, the one you read. And in that book, I, try, I wanted to share my story from, you know, from the time I was a baby, all the adversities I went through, uh, the challenges of getting an education, in a country and a culture back in that time when I was growing up, education for girls was not encouraged. 
So um, I shared that journey, how I fought to get an education. Then I came to North America and I became a refugee. And it was a different, a whole different animal when you know you're uprooted from your own culture, from your, your, your country, you leave everything behind that you knew and you have to start over. So getting approached, it, it's not fun. So there were more adversities I had to go through as a refugee, as an immigrant woman, and uh, as a mother, as a wife. So I went all through all that and then I shared in the book, knowing that, you know, other people have gone through adversity, but uh, we can overcome if we come together. That's the basis of my message is really to bring people together, no matter our differences, no matter our backgrounds, we all go through adversity one way or another at one time or another. And we have to learn how to overcome. So that's what I shared in that book. And uh, my other books, uh, um, I have a novel titled The Hand to Hold. It's, it's, a, it's a fiction book, but in the book, I also share really how to overcome adversity. That's always been what I, I, I want people to, to get from my writing, my speaking. I also talk about diversity and inclusion when I'm, you know, sharing insights with the organizational leaders. How can you improve your workplace and be more inclusive? Because we come from all walks of life with different stories, different experiences, but how can we be more tolerant and more inclusive? Because that's going to increase your, your bottom line as a, a business leader. Yeah. And, and your first book, you know, for all the differences that people have, there are so many similarities. I remember the story about, you know, you being a young girl and the tadpoles. And the story was, folks, just to give you a little tease, if the yeah. tadpoles bit your breast, your breast would grow. But that same story yeah. is in shows like The Cosby Show. And you can see like when, you know, Rudy and Vanessa were, you know, dealing with that. And I remember, you know, so many different stories. Uh, my, wife, my wife told me one in Cameroon, <laughs> yeah. they had a clinic, so-called clinic, and the people, if they massaged them, they would grow. So oh. these guys guys were actually set up a clinic to rub young girls breast and I said you know what I that story always like that clinic still open so we can you know go burn it down with the people in it it was always my thought when she told me that almost two decades ago but um but you know those stories that everyone has the same um you know, this, we're, we're all different, but it's similar just coming up and, and that we all can share similar backgrounds. Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. We're different and that's good, you know, to be different. It's good. Can you imagine if we all look the same, did the same thing? The world would be boring, you know, <laughs> life would be boring. So it's, it's okay that we are different, but at the same time, and that's what I shared in my TEDx talk, that at the same time, we have more in common than what divides us. Some of the stories you just shared with us and uh, some of the, the cultural 
uh, similarities around the world and across the world. Uh, there are many similarities. So when you look at it, you know, underneath, we all want the same thing. It doesn't matter if you grew up poor or rich, if you grew up in a village or in a city, we all want the same thing. We all want to be valued for who we are, accepted for who we are, and you know, know that we matter and what we do matters. Yeah. Yes, and that there's there's good, bad, and indifferent, where I, I find it, um, you know, for immigrants coming in, especially from the continent of Africa, or if you're coming from Asia, people have in America, and 70% of Americans don't have passports. So when I talk about the geography and not knowing and being ignorant, but a lot of times people will say things, especially men and say, oh, Asian women are this. They think they're, um, you know, so submissive. Or you might think some African women are so submissive. But until you get to know someone, I tell people all the time, maybe because you don't understand Mandarin or Cantonese, you think Asian women are submissive. But I said, I know some that are spitfires, just like anyone else you could imagine from, you know, Harlem or Oakland or whatever. So it's just funny how people try to put people in a box. Can you talk about when you came to North America? Um, what Did you feel like you had to fit in this mold? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, th there was an expectation of fitting in. And, uh, you know, the whole integration journey in a, in a different culture, in a different, uh, in a different country, um, represent so many challenges for, for, you know, for me and for so many other immigrants uh, where you, you, you kind of are expected to, to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to ignore your, your, your um, original culture and just adopt this new culture. And there are, you know, pros and cons. And I always tell immigrants that, you know, it's good to have this dichotomy of culture, even in the way we raise our children, using our original culture, what's good in there? Take the good from your original culture and take the goods in, in, your, in your new culture, in your new home, and mix and, and match and then just use the best so you don't have to fit a certain mold you can be all of those things and that's what really um, America represents when you look at it we come from all different countries all different cultures and background and we come to America and <clears throat> when I was in high school we learned that you know uh, the United States was a melting pot and it's only when I lived here that I realized what, what that meant. Yeah. And, and that can be a, you know, a good thing, bad thing. I've, I've met people who are, you know, especially in the, the younger days, people who are party animals and they, you know, they were partying back home in Africa. Yeah. Um, they were partying, you know, <laughs> Europe. And then they come here and they're like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. Not understanding that here things can be a little different. There's no police that we can pay appreciation. Sometimes I call it um, not. I don't like to use the word other words. Um, 
people say things are so corrupt everywhere else and it's just how much money do you have sometimes mm -hmm. but you find that you know um America for for many immigrants they're they're trying to play this this game and I've seen some that were straight up criminals right from different countries and they come here and they actually are like wait i can't go to an american jail they'll put me there for life <laughs> like and so it, it can straighten you out it just depends on where you are in life how about for your children and how do they you know they take it do they say okay i am an african i am a canadian i am an american like what's that balance and how do you you know train them yeah, and that's really been a, a challenge for, for us parents and for them, the children, because um, you go to uh, a, a school, for instance, in, in, in the United States, and you have to come with this background. My children, you know, they identify as Africans at the same time they were uh, you know, my two youngest were born in Canada, so they identify also as Canadians. And uh, we, 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 we came as Canadian citizens to the United States and we became, you know, American citizens. So all this background, it's a good thing, but at the same time represents a challenge if you're not, um, how can I put this? If you're not safe enough in yourself, to know that I can be all those backgrounds and still be me and still be uh, um, a person of integrity because at the end of the day, it's not about uh, what country you live in, it's who you're living with. Uh, I've lived in different communities, both in Canada and the US, and I found people some people, some people are accepting of my identities, some not so accepting. So I had to navigate and my children have done the same. And I will, you know, I always tell them, you can be all of the above and it's a good thing and meet someone who's only lived in one community, in, in one neighborhood and still be friends. So it doesn't prevent you from connecting with people from other backgrounds yeah and can you explain for some of the audience you know they might say what's the difference between you know being a canadian and being um a u.s you know a uh, child whatnot what are yes. some of the differences <laughs> believe it or not that's one of the the questions i always always get and uh you know, people, I think sometimes they would just want to know, you know, where is it better to live? Is it easier to live in Canada or is it easier to live in, in the U.S.? But uh, um, uh, wherever you live, you live first with yourself and uh, uh, people are people. Uh, if we go in the social systems, for instance, um, the, the way we connect as Africans, we, 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 we come from collective societies where, you know, people help people. And that has its pros and cons as well, trust me. But at the same time, we, we want to learn how to, to look out for ourselves. For example, you know, if you're a business person, how are you um, going to... To, to climb to the, the ladder. And that pr represents 
challenges in both countries. Uh, it's, it's, it's easier if maybe you're talking about healthcare. Healthcare, it's, it's easy in Canada than it is in the US. But when you're talking about living and uh, thriving in both countries, you can thrive, you can live, and you can... Uh, um, you know, accomplish your purpose, but it's going to have challenges. Everything, there's nothing that is in life, and but everything that's worthwhile, you're going to work hard either way in, in either country. Yeah. Well, cu- culturally, though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna push on this question because yeah. you said you get asked a lot. You yes. know, the healthcare. Okay, what about as far as um, feeling welcomed as an immigrant and, you know, safety wise, and and especially for, you know, people just coming in. I mean, you've seen the the dance your kids have had to do, but it, and if there's not much of a difference, you know, for, for the kids where kids can be kids, wherever they're at, um, you know, safety wise, I always think, okay, Canada's a lot safer, the most, you know, I've been yelled at in Canada and jokingly I say it's the person was, you know, yelling, get out the way or something like that. That wasn't it. But, you know, as far as comfort level um, is, I mean, is there a big cultural difference? Uh, because we, I think we, I'm biased as an American. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I run over to Vancouver, I'm like, oh yeah. man, things are so, you know, peaceful. Yes, and it's peaceful. It's it's peaceful in Canada. In most parts of Canada, really, uh, it's peaceful and it's it's a, an accepting uh, society. Um, but at the same time, it depends where you live. Uh, for instance, in and when you lived there, uh, I came to Canada in the nineties, and it was still a time when immigrants were seen as the other and. Uh, Things have improved much, so much more in Canada than uh, it was in the 90s. And I initially lived in Quebec and, uh, uh, you know, Quebec at that time was trying to to actually separate from the rest of Canada. Um, And um, I remember during the, the... the referendum to separate from Quebec from from Canada, um, the there was a, a no, you know, no, not separation, and a yes for separation, and the no narrowly really uh, won against the yes, and I remember the the, the premier of that time, uh, his name was Jacques Parizeau of Quebec, uh, in his. Uh, um, concession speech say blaming basically immigrants because you know most immigrants who could vote at that time voted against the separation obviously um, because you know most immigrants um, came as refugees in Canada and they came from countries in strife in wars we didn't want to see another you know separation or, or or strife so obviously they voted against the separation and they were blamed for that um but this is to tell you that it depends when you lived in canada and uh, and you know where some communities were more accepting of immigrants because 
they were more exposed to them, especially in like uh, in big cities like Toronto. Uh, you said Vancouver, same thing. But uh, uh, things have have changed since I lived there as well. Uh, and when you come to the U.S., um, I mean, it also depends on the community. In the community where you live, uh, I lived in different. You know, I lived in Quebec, not Quebec. I lived in Detroit when I. Detroit in the Detroit area and even there uh, some communities were more accepting than others so you kind of as an immigrant basically you have to navigate all these experiences all these communities and find a place where for yourself uh, you're not gonna feel 100% welcome everywhere and uh, also you you have to learn how to accept people for who they are, understand where they're coming from, why are they behaving the way they behave. And, and that's been my gift in sharing these stories and uh, trying to understand where people are coming from and showing them that, you know, we're not that different. Uh, if you look uh, uh, underneath our skin colors or, you know, accents and with names and all that <laughs> so yeah that's what I, i've been able to share and, and do you i mean when quebec was trying to you know do that were you at all nervous because also coming from a country um burundi and you talked about it in your book of you know the the different um conflicts and wars that have happened yeah. I, I know being in Cameroon and going to the English side and they're like, they're shooting at, you know, down the road and we see the military come to the hotel. But I said, wait, one shot, two shots. I, I grew up in the Bay area, Oakland in the eighties. Um, I'm not worried about one shot, two shots. That's a, yeah. a great day in a lot of American cities. So does it even make you nervous when you like when you're in Quebec and say I hope they don't break out into war or when you're living in Detroit and say I know what real you know violence looks like firsthand um yes. you know I, I do you I mean what's your your standpoint what, what, do you, what do you think yeah of course you you get nervous because you know you came for 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 to live in peace that's that's why you you immigrate that's why you you left your country uh so i was nervous obviously when quebec was uh trying to separate from canada but at the same time uh i didn't think there would be a war per se but uh, um when I lived in in the Detroit area, uh, you know, you you watch TV and uh, channel. I can't remember if it was seven or what. The evening news was always about shootings, shootings, shootings. So it was really uh, nerve wracking knowing that wow, this is one of the richest countries in the world. This is. Um, uh, the United States of America, and these things are happening in our neighborhoods, in our in our communities. So um, that really um, puts you puts things into perspective. That um, humans, you know, we all have this human condition, and we 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 better work on ourselves and uh, you know help our communities basically. Uh, get out of those predicaments and get out of those uh, um, 
that mindset of always thinking, you know, kidding is the solution or, you know, eliminating the other will make me uh, richer or whatever the reason might be. Yeah. And I, and I, and I want to stress, you know, being from Burundi and coming and immigrating and then, you know, getting your MBA and writing books and, you know, having your evolving podcast that everybody can go check out on all the platforms. You can go from one platform to another, however you want to listen to it, even on YouTube, but it's that you're never content and you're, you're, um, you know, you have your family, you're juggling that you have your, you know, your husband, how do you, you know, keep, everything in line because I find that a lot of women especially African women sometimes mm-hmm. um are you know there's relatives there's husbands that will say no you don't have to do that here what are you trying to prove you know going to get your MBA what are you trying to prove trying to write another book mm-hmm. or what are you trying to prove with the podcast and instead <laughs> of pushing someone just to try and taste everything mm-hmm. it's you know put people in a box and that might not just be true for um, African women, but I just, I, I put that focus because that's where it comes out. And I, it bothers me every time to say, yeah. why would you not want a, another Oprah? Why would you not want another, you know, Daniel Steele? Um, <laughs> let people write. Which was my first author, Daniel Steele. <laughs> I love to read her books. Yeah. I mean, um, sometimes you have to put things on hold, you know, as, as, as a younger wife and a younger mother, I put things on hold to, to, to help my, my, my family basically to raise my kids. And uh, I, I didn't thrive that much in the workplace because I was torn between motherhood uh, and, uh, you know, going to climb the corporate ladder. But uh, um, at the same time, in the back of my mind, I always knew one day I would do this, what I'm doing today. I would write books, I would speak, I would share. That was always in the back of my mind. And when it happened, um, what I liked about my husband was he was really supportive of me doing this. And you, you know, like everyone who's a, 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 an entrepreneur or, you know, a sole business owner, uh, the, the journey, it's not easy, especially the first, you know, first three, four years was hard, but <clears throat> it was encouraging. And uh, um, my kids are now adult children, so they, they're grown. So that gives me uh, uh, plenty of time to really work on me, work on my, my, my purpose, and uh, um, be able to do what I'm doing. So um, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Okay, okay. I, did, I didn't know that your children were, you know, that uh, grown, you know. Um, it, you know how what black doesn't crack if you take care of it. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And that's for everybody, you know, we, we live in an area mm-hmm. that has, you know, dispensaries on every corner. And I am not for people going to jail for doing whatever they want, but mm-hmm. I'm just seeing people coming out of Amazon, Microsoft, 
all these places, just right. getting high every chance they can. And I said, I, I thought this was a, you know, if, if even if it's your medication, go in the morning. You can go at night, but during the day and you're, you know, 60 years old or you're smoking with the 20 year old, it's just kind of, I said, what do I live in? Is this Babylon? Um, because you can't function to your highest degree on any substance all, all the time. Even if you like to just sip wine, you can't sip it all day, <laughs> every day. So, you know, when you take care of it is what I want to stress to the people. Right. If you, you know, you, you abuse your body, hey, you will not look like this when you have adult children. You might look like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what not. But, but, but that goes kind of into um, your coaching platform. And I want you to talk about your coaching and, and what you do as a coach and what people need to reach out to you. Um, because everyone has sometimes a focus. And so is it life? Is it business? What is it? So basically, uh, as I shared in the beginning, the basis of my coaching is also <clears throat> the, the theme I write about, which is how can we evolve? How can we evolve not only as individuals, but as businesses, as organizations? Uh, so I share... When I'm talking to uh, um, school leaders, for example, how can they make sure that they are an evolving school, so to speak, that welcomes every student from uh, different backgrounds and is inclusive, is a, a, a good school to go to? How do they attract their students? And I do the same if I'm talking to um, organizational leaders, uh, how can you be the, the best workplace? How do you keep your employees engaged and satisfied? Uh, and if I'm coaching individuals, it's also about uh, your personal and professional leadership transformation. So I give them insights and you know, help them gain new perspectives maybe something you didn't think about, then through a different lens, you can see that, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And then it will help you really, it will spark, spark your mind to see yourself differently, to, to work differently, and um, to, to be more uh, of yourself and fulfill your fullest potential as a, an individual, as a business, as a, <clears throat> sorry, as an organization. So that's what I do when I'm coaching, when I sp I'm speaking in live events, same thing, yeah. Okay, and you guys hear that. So if you reach out to her, the coaches get paid. So please don't. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yes, and, and so always lead with, I'm interested in coaching and, you know, Ask about the fees to make sure you've saved enough pennies to have a proper coach. I just find it interesting. People sometimes call, not sometimes, every week. Yeah. <laughs> not every And I've, I've created systems to avoid some of that. Um, yeah. 
with automatic text, but I'm sure you get this all the time where people say, oh, I want to be coached at you. Oh, that's great. That's great. And then you, yes. you know, you say, okay, well, this is what it's going to cost. And they yes. say, wait, cost, could you just help me? And I even, I mean, my consulting and PR is even in faith-based so, and mm-hmm. I've written books on the whole entertainment and Christian music and movies. And people say, mm-hmm. you know, God told me, no, 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 no. We don't lead. Don't lead with God told you that that's going to lead for me doing something for free. Please oh, wow. don't say that because I'm going to rebuke you um, yes. in the name of Jesus. But do you get that? And how do you deal with that? Because you're so calm, so relaxed, so cool. How do you deal with people that will try to take advantage of your you know, professional services? You know, Karen, uh, I I view that as actually an honor. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> it's an honor to be able to, you know, come in a space where you can share something, you can share an experience that can uplift someone else. So if someone needs help, I'm going to look at the, 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 the different ways I can help them. It could mean maybe I relate to um, their story. So I'm going to send them my book, read this book. And if you still need help, then we can talk. We can see how I can help you. Uh, Sometimes, you know, yes, I want to get paid, but at the same time, I also want to help. Mm -hmm. And if you value your life, you're not going to mind paying for your uh, coaching session because you know the best investment you can do is in yourself this has been my experience personal experience because I had to invest in myself to evolve and so I could help someone else I could be an inspiration to a young girl somewhere in the world Uh, so I think people neglect to invest in themselves and think that things are just going to go into place. Because if I give it free to you, you're not going to value it as much as if you paid for it, because what we value, we don't mind, uh, you know, buying. If if you love a dress and especially women or shoes, Mm -hmm. you you don't mind paying the high (laughs) price, right? So it's the same thing. It's the value. So I'm going to show you the value you can get from it. And then you will decide for yourself if you value yourself enough to to buy it. And feel free if you need to grab some water, grab some water. I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, um, I I like that because I think every coach, every mentor, every, whatever you want to call people Mm -hmm. who, help people um yeah we've given enough away for free and we're going to continue to do that just because mm-hmm. in your everyday life that's who you are yeah but they have to understand with a coach like yourself mm-hmm. coaches have to take time they have to make sure you come to practice they have to make sure you're ready for the real game so how could you expect someone to put that time into you and mm-hmm. if you just want a quick word of advice i mean you have that just as a believer to just give that to people, even if you are a heathen, heathens give that, you know, a- advice. Yes. Um, 
but it's it's the it, it you got to expect more when you're coming to a professional right um i, I want to ask you about burundi and yeah. do you get to go back to burundi have you been back it, what is your connection now with burundi is there still maybe do you have a land investment just because we see with the year of returning ghana mm-hmm. and we've just brought 30 people a few months ago to Kenya. Oh, wow. Black Americans are hungry for Africa. The yeah. Chinese have always been there. Um, certain travelers that are non-Black have always gone to Africa, but now Black Americans are finally waking up in droves and saying, wow, we can go to Africa. Oh, yes. And they're always looking for a connection. So mm-hmm. tell us about Burundi and its current state. So um, Burundi... Currently, so they're going to uh, another election, and uh, unfortunately, each election year in Burundi has been a a challenging time for the people of Burundi. So that's the issue with some of the African countries because of these uh, um, dictators that, you know, we have as leaders. So it's currently really not in a good place either economically or socially but uh, i went last year uh, sorry this year actually in the summer i was there i still have family there and uh, so i go to visit and um, both my parents passed away now but uh, i still have my siblings and their families there so socially you know it used to be such a beautiful country. And it, it is a beautiful country when you look at the landscape and everything. But unfortunately, because of this strife, political strife, uh, it, it's hard to basically go and enjoy as it used to be. Um, we're talking about, you know, uh, Americans visiting Africa and uh, even us Africans, we we don't visit other countries in Africa that much. So uh, that was always my, you know, my dream to visit a different country each time I go back. And I was able to go to Tanzania and I visited uh, one of the uh, the parks there, the safaris there in, in Tanzania, which was really an amazing experience. And Africa is such a beautiful continent with such a, a beautiful, you know, diverse landscape, diverse cultures, languages. It's, 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 a, it's a continent that everyone should visit and everyone should invest in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and we know governments can change like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, when, when they do... Um, people you you, you're getting the information you know who to contact if you hear oh wait things have moved who do i know you go back to this interview you start looking you go to her website and say i want to invest because folks are investing even in countries i I, there's investment clubs out of togo Mm -hmm. out of kenya out of senegal the gambia um you know and so it's exciting to me when i'm seeing um you know, our, our own going there, because if not, we're yeah. opening it up for everybody else. And we'll yeah. one day say, at least in this country, what happened? And we'll start saying injustice. And it's not injustice. You bought a $2,000 TV instead of, you know, a $2,000 ticket. 
Yes. We, we, we like to ask all of our guests, what mm -hmm. is their community give back? And say that again. Your community give back. What do you do that's just to make sure that you're giving back? I mean, your whole, it seems your whole, you know, life, you know, is about giving back because you're helping people evolve. Mm -hmm. But what is something that you do um, or that you want to do even in the future yeah. Um, just for the community. Yeah, and uh, I've been doing that. And mostly it's about education. For me, it's educating um, communities, in, especially in, in, in Africa. There are still some communities where educating a good is still not uh, a priority for many families. And uh, so because of my journey with education. So I try to inspire um, not only uh, schools and girls, but also uh, communities and organizations that work with uh, uh, Africans. And I, you know, I went to uh, a women's college a few years ago, I was in Rwanda and, and I, give to, I gave talks on leadership. I also did that uh, at a, another women's college in Burundi. Uh, so my giving back is inspiring these women and young girls, especially that, yes, not only you can evolve through your adversities, but you should evolve through adversity. You to empower them to, to, to see that they have a voice. They, they're not just an object that, you know, someone there's just telling them that, you know, your, your, your greatest achievement is to, to get married and have a, a bunch of kids. Uh, it's not just that, you know. And nowadays with the open um, borders and uh, in terms of social media, especially, um, girls now can have access to, to more information. Even this, you know, this uh, podcast of yours can be shared with them through uh, mobile phones. And then this is how we give back. You and I are doing that right now. <laughs> Yes, yes, we, we definitely are. And this is what Diversified Game and your podcast is all about. So someone can listen, watch, however they want to see and become a better person. And even sometimes I think, okay, how do I get my numbers up? And I'm talking with the team, how do we get the numbers up? And then someone will contact me. Actually, it just happened. Yeah. We, we, we hired somebody for work. Um, and I've known her, um, she's connected, I say, inside of our team family. And yeah. she, I asked her how much to do a voiceover. And she said, well, you know, I just listened to your interview with this multimillionaire, uh, Alan Weiss. And she's like, you guys said always charge a premium price. So she gives me this price. And I said, wow, you really did listen. I mean, you listened all the way through. And you've applied it, which makes me say, of course, I'll pay you that because you're, you're listening and I think that you're worth that. So yes. we're giving back mm -hmm. and, and we're doing that. I, and we don't like to just get the game, as we call it, from our guests. We like to give it. So I'm sending you over a text of an event that I think you'd be perfect to speak at. Mm -hmm. um, I do it every year while I'm here. 
Um, and it's, you know, 2000 kids of color, usually that's black and brown mm-hmm. in Everett at the, the college. Okay. And so I just texted it to you now and you can check it out and see if that fits in your schedule okay. because they, they, they need that more women. I mean, the conference is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and everyone's welcome. But sometimes, you know, I think with our kids, they'll tell them if you're not, not a good student, maybe you just need to, you know, go to the military. And that might be fine for some people, yeah. but some people need to hear your story. Because yes. if you can come all the way from Burundi, then do your MBA, then do everything that you're doing, you know, you can give someone a new path. And we know education is changing. Jobs are changing. So I I just want to say, I thank you for coming on and everyone check out her stuff. You will be enriched, enlightened, and you will feel better. Are there any closing words you'd like to say? Well, besides thanking you for having me, I'd like to just add that, you know, um, one of my sayings is everybody goes through adversity one way or another, but it's how we respond that makes the difference. So my parting words would be that, you know, wherever you are in life, if you're experiencing any challenge, uh, know that that's your information to grow as a person, as a professional. So, Take time to know who you are. Take time to learn who you are and uh, evolve through adversities because you are stronger than you you think you are. And on that note, you guys have got the game. Be blessed and we're out. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and AL. The number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.